0: Welcome into The Hangout in the Holy Land, everybody. Episode number... You know, I'm, I'm not too sure how many episodes this is, but it's a lot of them. My name is Colton Denning. I am the host of The Hangout in the Holy Land. Make sure to visit soundcloud.com slash Land and subscribe to the podcast by going onto Apple Podcasts and searching The Hangout in the Holy Land. This is already our second episode of the podcast this week, so be sure to check out our recap of the Michigan game. We also got... One coming with Bucky's fifth quarter, previewing the Big Ten championship later this week. So a lot of content coming your way this week, not only from the podcast, but also on the website. So be sure to keep it locked on Land Grant Holy Land. But in terms of this episode of the Hangout in the Holy Land, there's a lot going on outside of the field, not only for Ohio State, but college football. The last week of the regular season has come and gone and Coaching news abound and Ohio State is featured prominently in the news this week despite not needing a head coach or having anybody leave because Greg Schiano did leave for a second but then it turns out that he is actually not going to be Tennessee's coach so we're going to talk about that a lot on today's podcast and to do that I am joined by my co-host and friend and land grant contributor and SB Nation contributor Matt Brown. Matt, what's happening, man? Hey, buddy.
1: It's been uh, it's been a hell of a past couple of days. I'll tell you what. Um, I was I was definitely planning on a more relaxed Sunday a- afternoon and evening. Made some plans to get out of the house a little bit, trying to kind of downshift away now that the regular season has ended, and really just kind of wanted to to, me- to just chill and relax my post Michigan glow. And one of the absolute Craziest stories that I can think of, and that means a lot. Because remember, people, I wrote a book on weird college football history. This Shiano business is one of the strangest college football stories I could. I I've, I've certainly since since I've been a, a member of the media for whatever that's worth, and, and really that I've been aware of. Um, I want to I want to talk about this because. Uh, I'm really uncomfortable with the way that all of this entire situation went down.
0: Yeah, let's get into the timeline of, of what happened before we give kind of, I guess, our takes on the whole situation. So around maybe, I guess, 2 p.m. Eastern or 3 p.m. Eastern yesterday on Sunday, uh, the the news came out that Greg Shiano was going to be, was targeted as the top candidate and then that he had basically signed a contract, met with Tennessee Athletic Director John Curry, and he was going to be, for all intents and purposes, the next coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. And within the next couple of hours, there was just a shitstorm on Twitter and other forms of social media. Uh, There were Tennessee fans that went out to Neyland Stadium to go protest the hire. And what people are framing this as has led back to the allegations of Greg Shiano and the incidents that happened during his time at Penn state and whether he had seen what Jerry Sandusky did uh, at Penn state. And it it kind of just spiraled out of control from there. And then by the end of the night, Tennessee basically backed out of its signed agreement with Shiano And we'll see where that goes legally, but it's like you mentioned, I, I haven't seen anything like this ever in, really any sports you know let alone college football but uh, break this down for us and what what do you think about what's happened here uh do you think that there's going to be any sort of ramifications for Ohio State when it comes to this what what's what's the situation here man
1: yeah I I feel like there's a couple of of specific points that we need to unpack and address separately because this is this entire brouhaha is is really nuanced I think so let let me let me address issue number one uh it would Greg shiano have been a good football coach for Tennessee and are, would Tennessee fans be justified in not being happy about that? Uh, it is my personal opinion that Greg shiano would not have been a good football coach at Tennessee. And a, a, a big part of this is because Tennessee is a weird kind of job where you're, you have immense pressure uh, on you locally. It's kind of like the SEC's Nebraska, right? It's a program that was good a while ago, has expectations of being good, has an extremely difficult schedule. They have to play Alabama every single year. And it's not in an urban environment where um, there are other things going on. So there's going to be a a, a ton of local pressure. And that is good for certain personality types and not so good for other personality types. Um, I think we saw with Butch Jones, Who's a very high, strung very self-serious kind of guy, uh, control freak kind of guy. It wasn't a good fit, and I think Greg I, I, I mean this with respect to the as a as a coach. I think he's a similar kind of guy. So that that when you you combine the fact that he hasn't coached in the in the deep south, he he uh, hasn't been a head coach in in a while, and personality and temperament wise seems askew. I think it is justifiable for that reason for Tennessee fans to be upset. I think that there are also off the field reasons for why a Tennessee fan or honestly any fan would be upset about this, right? Namely, I'm talking about his tenure with Tampa Bay. Um, Greg Schiano, not a great coach with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No. Um, things that he is alleged to have done to Josh Freeman – uh, are really bad and you know leaking his name to the media as being in like substance abuse protocol and and really pettily going after him and the way that he handled the media uh, and managed that locker room were all very bad uh, I, I think and i think this is beyond dispute there's a reason he only lasted two years and became kind of a running joke so that those things alone would be i think justifiable for a fan base to not be excited about it Am I, am I out of line here? I mean, this was, I I suspect part of how you felt about Shiano before he came to Ohio state. No,
0: no, I I don't think that there's, I don't think that there's any reason to, I guess, discount, at least when it comes to those reasons right there to say that, Hey, that, that may not not be the best fit, no matter if it's Tennessee or any other programs. I I think that that's, those are both legitimate cases uh, against him. And I could see, why fans or ADs or any other sort of boosters or people pulling the strings wouldn't want Greg Schiano, And like you said, those were some of my initial thoughts when Ohio state hired him to be their defensive coordinator.
1: Okay. So let's, 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 let's acknowledge all those facts. Then let's, uh, let's, 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 let's park them aside. We're going to come back to them in a minute. There's a couple other truths. I think we, we, we need to, we need to establish here. Uh, number one, um, Greg Sciano's a good football coach. Um, I think that there is some revisionist history about his win-loss record at Rutgers um, and, and what that means as him as a head coach. So let's let's, let's look at and just get the facts here. Greg Shiano, it was just barely above 500 as a Rutgers coach, 68, 68 and 67, has a substantially under 500 record in conference play. Uh, took over from at Rutgers in 2001, left after 2011. Let's be clear about one thing. When Greg Shannon took over Rutgers in um, in, in the early 2000s, this was quite possibly the worst program in Division in FBS. Certainly the, the worst program in anything resembling a major conference. I mean, I, sure, there might be some kind of like Bell team that, that could be worse, but for a team that has history and longevity, this was a dumpster fire of a program. He's the only person who's ever really recruited New Jersey very well at Rutgers. He brought them uh, into a, a top 15 finish in the AP poll, something that, that's clearly never happened before. He produced NFL talent at Rutgers. Like, this is a skew because he had, you know, four years to, to dig out of this enormous pit. Additionally, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Greg Shiano's been a very good defensive coordinator at Ohio State. Um, the, the, his tenure post-Tampa Bay has not really been discussed very much uh, in the context of Greg Schiano as a potential football head coach, right? He came in here and has, uh, you know, stepped in for a secondary that uh, had to basically replace everybody after everyone going to the NFL and making a bunch of money. And, Immediately turning them into a ball hawking excellent unit like Greg Schiano, I think, is one of the biggest reasons Ohio State made the playoff last year, bringing in a new secondary and turning them into interception machines. And while the unit's been a little bit up and down this year because everyone went to the NFL again, they're in a position to send more people to the NFL. It's been mostly a strength. And then the Buckeyes went ahead and signed the best defensive back recruiting class ever in 2017. Um I think it is fair to say that he's not been perfect. Like, they did get dunked on by Iowa pretty good. But are you with me when I say Chiano has done a very
0: good job at Ohio State? This is this this is a, a, truth, a true statement? The defense was the only reason that they made the playoff last year. And if they wouldn't have made the playoff and lost that game to Michigan, I feel like we would be talking about the program in a very uh, different light right now. So despite some of the up and downs defensively this season, I, I can – Say I'll stand on the chair and say that he's been, for the most part, excellent as Ohio State's defensive coordinator. Okay,
1: so so we're all we're all in agreement right now. Off the field concerns in the NFL, check. Good football coach, check. Reason for Tennessee fans to be unhappy about this potential hire, check. Um, also, probably is worth noting here. Uh, there's been complaints about his temperament at Rutgers. Um, uh, you know, but uh, look, but everyone I've talked to pretty much agrees. Like he was an asshole. Um, I, I don't think we're talking out of school here. It's not hard to find other media members saying that Shiano was kind of an asshole. Um, perhaps still is an asshole. Um, Rutgers achieved very well academically when he was there. Uh, as far as I know, did not have really significant like Title IX issues when he was there. I have not heard any allegation of misconduct or mistreatment from Greg Shano at Ohio State. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if you have either. Like that's not something that I've seen. Kind of even in like the the deep message board vein. Uh, and those those kind of things typically come out um, if you've got a coach who's a gigantic dick. Uh, so all those things here are true. Um, this is what's what really bothers me is that there is a faction of Tennessee fans who are very unhappy were very unhappy with this hire, in part because they were uh, their expectations for a bigger name were raised really high. Some of that was because of maybe some writers irresponsibly, you know, doing the whole Gruden thing. Maybe it was because Tennessee, like perhaps Nebraska or some other fan bases, has an inflated sense of how good that job is or what they should be expecting at this point. And, and, you know, the last couple of hires should make it clear where they are, Um, leading them to be very unhappy about this. Uh, And you can also credibly say their athletic director screwed this up before we get to the big point. We're all all with me there. What is driving what I think is really unfair is a a segment of this fan base that is cloaking their unhappiness with Shiano in moral terms because of Penn State. Um, And this is led in part by uh, particular carnival barkers on the Internet, who I'm not even going to dignify with saying their name, um, pushing this narrative. Because there's this, this one thing I think we got to make clear, and I, I think you're with me on this. The Greg Schiano penn State thing is, is not connected to with with credible evidence. Here are the facts. Number one, um, Greg Schiano was hired by Ohio State after the uh, infamous deposition was made public. But since then, uh, not only has Ohio State stood by him uh, after an initial investigation, uh, Oregon almost hired him last cycle. He was the runner-up. There's there's, there's there's stories about this we can't even link to one. USC has interviewed him. Tennessee clearly wanted him, and he's been tied to other jobs. So lots of other co- college administrators are aware of this particular deposition and this allegation, and they have made investigations and decided they are comfortable with it. Universities that are high-achieving and um, – don't have a record of, of really screwing a lot of this stuff up, right? They're not, this is not Florida Atlantic rolling the dice on Greg Sheehan. Additionally, if we look at the goddamn full article, like if I was Shiano, I would be um, wanting to reach out to the Washington Post about something. I'd be very frustrated. Um, we're talking about an allegation that was made secondhand. This is Mike McQueary saying Tom Bradley said something. Tom Bradley then, under oath and in the de- same deposition, said that is not true, and Chiano has denied it. The, there's no uh, victim or other institution that said that Chiano uh, had knowledge of this and acted improperly. The Pennsylvania Attorney General looked at this and decided it was not worth credibly investigating. There's this whole litany of and this is extremely well, you know, investigated, tact case. And there's nothing, nothing to tie Shiano here other than this one secondhand statement. Now, do I want to say here with the 100% shadow of a doubt that it's impossible that Shiano knew and didn't say anything? Obviously, I can't say that. Uh, and quite frankly, I can't say that about any football coach. Like, it is possible that there are things we don't know about what they've been involved in that are very bad. But is there enough evidence to lead a, 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 a mob, which is what this was, Um and, and, and make this the reason that you don't, that you keep it from any other professional advancement. No, I don't think that that's fair at all. And, and, and I think that Tennessee fans have by and large clung to this to give them cover for wanting a fancier coach, especially when you see some of the other names that are bandied about here. Like there were, there were not these protests when Tennessee had to, had to shell out huge settlements because of Butch Jones Title IX violations or any of these, or, or for bringing Peyton Manning back to campus who's been accused for terrible things or, or a litany of other things. Just be honest. I, I think it is wholly irresponsible and unfair to scream Sandusky, Sandusky, Sandusky uh, about somebody where the evidence for that is extremely tenuous. Do you
0: agree? Yes, and I think that it can be twofold, and I'm sure that there are Tennessee fans out there that legitimately, that is a concern from them, and I think that that's okay, even if there isn't hard and fast evidence, because I would be lying if I said, not that it made me uncomfortable, but... If I hadn't thought when Ohio State hired Larry Johnson to be their defensive line coach, that that isn't a thought that pops in your head like, wow, he was at Penn State when all of that was going down or when they hired Shiano, too. I I think that it's okay to have those thoughts and say, ah, you know, I'm not too sure about that. But when the same Tennessee fan segment, which you referenced, is kind of leading that mob and also saying, but hey, what if uh, what if we brought Lane Kiffin back, whose offensive coordinator is Art Briles' son, who we know was involved with the staff that covered up and tried to get away with many, many heinous acts? I, I think is far beyond uh, hypocrisy, and and I think it goes into something a little more sinister, for lack of a better word. So I, I do think that in the end when it comes to Tennessee that it's cloaked in a lot more hey this isn't the guy we wanted we want somebody a lot more high profile maybe part of it has to do with his NFL background but falling back on what happened at Penn State I think is the most convenient excuse that that they can make
1: yeah it's it's very frustrating and I've kind of gone back and forth about what the takeaway here is, right? Like, I, I, the Tennessee fans had, had, you know, thrown a big temper tantrum and said, we think this guy's a bad football coach and is a bad fit and we could do better. I think that would be justifiable. And, and I do think, you know, Andy Staples, I think, wrote an insightful column about this where he said, look, uh, these are the consumers. You can't completely ignore them. You know, th- there's a reason all of this exists, and it's it's you know we can't just sit here in the national media and and perpetually talk down to everybody and just say like I- I- accept it. Uh, I get that. On the other hand, you also pay an athletic director a lot of money to be able to sift through um, those complaints and, and and make decisions. You don't you, you, we don't make hiring decisions or run your athletic department by Twitter poll. Um, the fact that this was, I think, dressed up in some stuff that's not really legitimate or fair is is particularly troubling. Um, I'm not sure what the end game here is. I, I know you have to you have to look at a bunch of other things. I think this certainly makes the Tennessee job less attractive, and it probably is going to make it very difficult for Shiano to get another gig. And I think that's. I feel weird saying this because all the other stuff did happen, and it is it would be fair to say like, you don't get to do this anymore. And, and it would be difficult for another coach to have ever hired Shannon to begin with. Cause he needed, you know, to go through a reclamation project like a Saban or, or, or a Myers able to do, but I think he's good enough to, and to be an effective head coach in lots of other places. And after seeing this, maybe that doesn't happen anymore. So it, I guess that's selfishly good for Ohio state, but it's unfortunate.
0: What do you think the result for Ohio state is going to be out of this? Because on, on last podcast, Patrick and I, kind of wrapped it up by getting into Shiano and saying that whether it's the Wisconsin game or the bowl game or a playoff, perhaps, that these are going to be Shiano's last games as Ohio State's defensive coordinator. And now it's almost a certainty that it won't be. Do you think that we're going to see Greg Shiano at Ohio State for a long time? Because Gene Smith came out today and Backed his guy and said it was very unfortunate. So Ohio State doesn't seem to have any sort of problem sticking with Shiano. And like you said, whether it's fair or not, it's hard to see a big-time program pulling the trigger on that just based off of what happened at Tennessee because now that infiltrates other fan bases and Chiano already doesn't have a good reputation anyway and like we said this is a convenient excuse now for any school that may want to hire him for their fan base to say oh well Penn State we don't we don't want to do this this isn't right
1: yeah and and it, it also creates i think some dangerous precedent for a fan base that has a really big you know, online platform of prominent fans to, to wield this as a as a way of control, um, you know, to uh, create another mob to, to to shout something down or get a kid benched or, or any of the the other kind of internal things, and and, that, and that's that's difficult. I don't think Shannon's going to be around forever. I think if not I, I, if nothing else, there, there would be an NFL coordinator position or something, some kind of football guy yeah. opportunity available for him. And there's always going to be at the G5 level somebody willing to just say screw it and roll the dice you know if you're a florida atlantic or if you're a conference usa team like q freeze is going to get another job um you know somebody tried to hire a friggin' art bryles again and if, if there's if there's not an ncaa show cause penalty like one of those guys are going to get hired it's just a question of what he wants to do it probably won't be this cycle i think um given all the craziness which is you know it, it that's good for high state in the short term you don't want to make a change this week when you're potentially going for a playoff bid or you've got a Big Ten title game going on. And I believe his contract actually required him to stay through the title, the, the Big Ten championship game. But what happens after this cycle? It's, uh, that, 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 that's an open question. I, I think it's unfortunate for somebody who's a good enough coach to have got another opportunity to have this happen. I think it's going to hurt Tennessee. And I, I, I'm uncomfortable with this development in college football generally.
0: And I think it goes to show the power that social media can, can have and that a fan base can have now, not only like you said, just for coaches, but with decisions on players and personnel as well. So I'll be interested to see what else happens in this cycle. And if there's a school that makes an unpopular hire and if Uh, another fan base just kind of goes off board and they won't be able to use a Penn state sort of excuse like Tennessee did for Shiano. But if they say, well, we don't like this, this is beneath us, you know, we're going to rage about it and get the athletic director fired, bring in somebody that was an alum to run the athletic department and bring somebody from the old school to, to be the head coach. So I I do think that it has the possibility to set a really dangerous precedent within, uh, within college sports.
1: Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know what this is gonna be next year. I mean, this is a part of a bunch of other broader cultural trends that that are that are happening, right? It's and it's um that's unfortunate in in, in in many ways and I'm not exactly sure what the what the end game is for, for a lot of this. I, I'll kind of wrap up this whole this whole thing with, with this. Regardless of what happens with Shiano, I would not be surprised if an Ohio State assistant gets another job somewhere else at this point. Kent State is gonna be looking for uh, a, a new coach. Um I think some other G5 positions may open up in the next couple of days, maybe depending on by the time you listen to this podcast. Other places are kind of feeling things out at this point. Don't be shocked if, if Ryan Day gets a, a couple of sniffs. And I, I think next year we may be going through this entire thing again with Kevin Wilson, which has a, a has a similar Greg Schiano career trajectory, lots of say. Uh, I I could see there being another mob there too. If it's for a coach that just doesn't, a school just doesn't think he's good enough. I don't, I, you know, I I don't, I don't really like it. I feel weird kind of like publicly standing for Shiano. It feels weird having Ohio State caught in the middle of all of this. I just, I just want people to be honest about their, their motives and their intentions. If people are going to try to cloak themselves in the morality business while shouting about something that I think is really irresponsible, I have a
0: problem with that. Well, the Urban Meyer head coach school of rehabilitation continues. Hey, hey do you think uh, Zach Smith can go get an offensive coordinator job somewhere? Can he be reassigned? <laughs> that's that could be another podcast. Although, <laughs> yeah, we could talk about that for for hours. To his credit, the wide receivers have looked better the last eight weeks. Oh gosh, I, I that that would that's a podcast in, in itself. After after what happened in the Michigan game, although the second half with Haskins it, it looked a lot better, but, woof, I just. You know no no separation not not a lot going for me on the wide receiver play for ohio state right now and that uh the the main cog in their receiver play has been him since urban meyer has been hired there's no doubt that he's been able to recruit but like you said whether it's him or any of the other offensive or defensive coaches as we've seen with ohio state these guys for the most part, aren't just going to be Ohio state lifers. They're either going to be offensive and defensive coordinators somewhere, or they're going to have major roles and they're going to be head coaches, whether it's in the uh, college ranks or in the NFL. So lot to, uh, to look out for when it comes to the coaching carousel for Ohio state this off season. And like you mentioned for probably the most part next season as well, that's when the, the stuff is really going to happen. Basically, yeah,
1: basically every year. This is part of being an Ohio State fan. If you continue to achieve at a high level, your coaches are going to be attractive. Um, and and that that's going to continue to be the case. Urban Meyer has a really uh, prolific coaching tree, and people are going to continue to look for Experience working with him as uh, uh, you know for for, for, filling, for filling out their staffs.
0: Well, Matt, where can people yell at you for uh, saying yeah. Greg Siano well, an angel you, on the you internet? Wanna, <laughs>
1: you want to keep you want to keep yelling at me about this? I'm probably going to mute you. But if you want to yell at me about anything else, you can. You can find me at Matt SBN on Twitter. I'm at Matt Brown at sbnation.com. It's my email address. Stay tuned. There, we may do a book signing in Chicago uh, late late December, um, and Uh, we're going to do, there's a sale going on for my book, What If the Greatest uh, uh, Closer Look at College Football is Great Questions. You can DM me, Matt SBN, get a signed copy, mailed to you, boom, $15. You can also get it on Amazon.com right now for $16. That's a little bit cheaper than it normally runs. Uh, It makes a great holiday gift and helps pay for diapers at Costa de Brown. So if you're interested in the history of weird things that happened in college football, like Tulane's run in the SEC, the failed National College Football Conference that would have included Notre Dame, um, or a look at what Ohio State history would be like had Terrell Pryor gone to West Virginia. It's all in the book, my dudes.
0: Yeah, also some really good head coaching stories in there. Didn't know about Bear Bryant in Maryland and a couple of other big-time coaching stories. So. Right in the middle of offseason. Like, this book is evergreen, folks. You don't need to read it at a certain time. But since we're getting close to the offseason, coaching rumors, there's a lot of really good college football minutiae and history in there. So make sure to check out Matt's book. It is a fantastic read. You can also holler at me on Twitter by sending me a tweet at DubsCo. Send me an email at DenningColton at gmail.com. And make sure to follow the site on Twitter, LandGrant.com. 33 and visit landgrantholyland.com for all of your ohio state athletics needs this is the best time of the year for ohio state football and basketball who looks like they're actually going to be pretty fun this year so we've got a ton of content coming your way and subscribe to the podcast soundcloud.com slash landgrantholyland and on apple podcast by searching the hangout in the holy land i'll be back in a couple of days with an episode previewing the Big Ten title game versus Wisconsin, I'm gonna to talk to Jake Kokorowski of Bucky's fifth quarter. So we're gonna preview that game for about 35-40 minutes, get your fix there. So be on the lookout for that. But until next time, for Matt Brown, I'm Colton Denning. This has been the Hangout in the Holy Land and Go Bucks.